Welcome to DeFine, the podcast making the most important projects in DeFi easy to understand and accessible to all. This week, we have Ben and Keila from Chidao, an open source and non-custodial stable protocol for extracting value out of priced assets. So thanks for coming on. Do we refer to you as MyFinance or Kidao? Well, I, I would say I would say it's Chidao, right? Uh, it's a uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, no, no worries. So Chidao protocol is like the back end, think MakerDAO, and then mm-hmm. the front end is MyFinance, think Oasis, right? So when we're talking to normies, we usually say MyFinance because that's what they're gonna see on the URL. Uh, but for a lot of the people that are involved in the protocol, you know, involved in the DAO, they refer to us as Chidao. Makes things uh, confusing sometimes. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. Not the best with the naming. Uh, no, naming dude, we go up to somebody and we're like, yeah, we're Cheetah. And they're like, cool. And then they search up C-H-E-E DAO or you say, we're my finance. And they're like, cool, M-Y finance. So. All right, got it. Okay, so back end and kind of back end and front end basically, right? Right. And so just like backing up a bit, how did you guys get here working on Cheetah? Maybe Ben, do you want to? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, it's a, a long road that led us to working at Chidao. Um, a lot of us met through hackathons and, you know, working. Uh, Kila does, uh, did a lot of, like, planning of hackathons. And then me and, like, other, other people in the team would always, like, participate. We've been in crypto for a while now. And I think we all agreed that as this whole cross-chain narrative started to build out, every chain is going to need a stable coin, right? And a native stable coin, not just bridging stable coins. So that's kind of where we we came about. So, like Ben, how did you personally get into the space, into into crypto? I got into crypto because my brother like always talked to me about crypto. Uh, mm-hmm. My background thinking, like traditional finance, but like you know, at, at some point, you know, if if you believe enough in the narrative from DeFi, uh, you know, accessibility of, of of financial systems and all that, you eventually have to move, right? Um, mm-hmm. You eventually have to make the switch to like kind of reconcile with values. So that's kind of how I got into it. What about you, Kila? Yeah, I got into it through hackathons. I um, I used to go to a ton of ton of hackathons through through university. I went to one, and uh, there was a company that had a blockchain project or blockchain challenge. Uh, did that? That was kind of my my first introduction into the space. Really loved it, um, and then kind of just continued to uh, continue to learn more. I used to produce hackathons as well, did quite a few blockchain hackathons. That's where I met uh, a lot of the teammates here. And yeah, just continued to unwisely throw a bunch of money into into crypto throughout the years and um, learn more. And that's really just how it kind of started. And are both of you guys technical? I mean, are you, are you both developers? So none of us are developers like at Cheetah, but I'd say everyone at Cheetah is pretty technical. When he says none of us are developers at Cheetah, and he means like him and myself, there's we have developers. Hey, we have developers. <laughs> right, right. I was just thinking, how does this work? This is a real DAO. <laughs> uh, so my, my background is mathematics and physics, and then Benjamin, uh, finance and economics and all that kind of good stuff so those, those are our backgrounds but yeah we do have uh, we do have devs at uh, cheetah amazing how did you form the dow how did you form this um with your you know with the developers that you have <laughs> yeah i mean there are like core things that we needed to get done right like you know the developers do a lot of uh actually making the protocol right um mm-hmm. you know we also have a lot of 
like overlaps, right? Because it's not just about coding, right? It's about developing the overarching like protocol, right? How are you going to structure this DAO? How are you going to structure the different economic systems? And they work together. And so a lot of us just do a lot of things. And now as we started to get bigger, we started to add people from the community to do specific things like marketing, like, um, I don't know, like community management. And so that's kind of how the DAO started to develop itself is mm-hmm. kind of like where a lot of the initial people have like a lot of like different things that we do. We started to break that out into more people. Yeah. Yeah. It, the community aspect, I mean, has been great from the start. I think since, since we launched, uh, we've had really educated, um, caring community that really, really knows what we're doing, gives really great feedback on it, um, provides help wherever they can. I, I mean, at the beginning, we were shocked with how much people were doing without us even asking for it. Right. You know, uh, we have community members that created an entire like strategy education you know, a website and everything like that, that has a bunch of different strategies that you can follow, how-to guides. Um, we didn't ask for it. They just, you know, decided that they wanted to create it. Uh, mm-hmm. we found that really, really beautiful. And that, that ethos and that spirit within the DAO has continued to grow, even though that we've, you know, as we've grown and had more and more people from, you know, different communities come and join, uh, we haven't really lost that that community aspect. I can see that you have, you know, defined yourself as an open source and non-custodial stable protocol for extracting value out of priced assets. How, how would you define that? I guess open source, non-custodial is something that people in crypto are pretty familiar with, right? Open source, anyone can see our code. Non-custodial, we don't touch your money, right? Like if you put any collateral into Cheat Out, you know, the team can't do anything with it. Um, everybody has their money in like these NFTs that represent the debt that you have in our, in our system. And then I think the, the most important part is extracting value out of price assets, right? So we, we let you mint stable coins against a wide variety of like tokens, right? Like CRV, like, um, like Bitcoin, Ethereum, et cetera. Some of them even earn interest while they, they are in our platform. And so that, that gives you a lot of f- flexibility because a lot of people have what's called seller's remorse, right? Um, you have a bunch of BTC, you don't want to spend it, right? But everybody's got to pay rent. <laughs> so do you sell it or what do you do? I mean, you can borrow against it, but borrowing stable coins uh, and like Avis, really expensive. You're talking mm-hmm. 15, 16, 17% APY. Uh, we don't charge anything. And so that's a pretty big difference. So like, is, is that, you know, is that the, the product market that you were hoping to achieve? Is that you saw apps like Aave early on and said, you know, there could be a better way. I think we looked at a lot of projects, not right. just Aave. I mean, we looked at Liquidity, we looked at MakerDAO, which mm-hmm. we looked up to. Um, we, we looked at so many different things. Yeah, and we're just trying to pull, kind of pull the best bits out of a bunch of things. A lot, you know, like like you said, we looked up to Maker uh, kind of from the get-go, but it was very expensive. Like for, for, most of, for most of us, for a lot of people in DeFi, it's it was too expensive to borrow against you know borrow small amounts of money you had to do at least you know 10k for it to make it or to make it you know reasonable because of gas fees yeah because of gas fees and so we wanted to you know we wanted to find a a happy medium of being able to have that same you know that same feeling that same ability uh the same services but on a more accessible basis for anyone 
in DeFi. So cheaper chains, uh, 0% interest, more collateral types. Um, yeah. And so, correct me if I'm wrong, you guys kind of initially launched on Polygon, right? We were initially like the Polygon stable coin, and that was kind of our thing. But mm-hmm. as this cross-chain narrative started to like pick up, we were like, you know what, let's, let's go to the other chains as well. Because a lot of these chains are very underdeveloped. Right, like you'll have a DEX and a yield aggregator, and that's that's it. And so, from like a strategic perspective, you know, it makes sense to be there. So now we're, I mean, you can bridge my today to seventeen chains, and you can mint my in like five. Pretty pretty cross chain at the moment. I mean, it's it's actually very cross chain. If you try and if you try and move your USDC around to different chains, you're not going to be able to. It's one either they like there's no bridge over to uh, that exotic chain or there's no even worse you have usdc like wormhole usdc allbridge usdc aq plus y something like some random long name which is awful because then you have fractionalized liquidity with my you can take it anywhere like you can go from aurora to boba to moon river and it's going to be the same incredible you know, I think we've kind of defined there what the open source and non-custodial stable protocol component is. But like, essentially, if you were to give like a one a one liner, it would be like zero interest crypto lending, right? Yeah, essentially. Yeah. So, like, how do you? Why are you guys excited about this? And what do you think? You know, what are the possibilities for zero interest crypto lending? Yeah, I mean, I think what's pretty awesome is that you know. Traditionally, people charge you like in CDPs, right, to mint stable coins, which is really weird because nobody's lending you that money, right? It's it's literally your money that you're printing against the value of tokens that you hold. And so why would you be charged interest for it? Um, and so this idea that anybody could, um, you know, be in charge of creating liquidity in, in crypto, I think is pretty awesome. It's kind of like, Kind of like the Fed today, how they print money. Maybe, maybe they print it like uh, not so responsibly, uh, and so not having it with the rules of crypto, I think, is very compelling. What applications of this are you guys thinking will be around in the future? Well, I mean, again, it just it gives people it gives people access to like the value that they already have in their crypto. I mean. I just the other day, I had a buddy of mine. He's got a ton of crypto. He's been in the game for, for a long time, sitting on a bunch of PC. Um, he's looking to buy a house. And right. he, I mean, he didn't want to sell his, he didn't want to sell his crypto. Uh, so he looked looked towards my finance because, again, he gets to keep his BTC, gets to take a stable coin loan against it. The debt will never increase because it's 0% interest. Um, his BTC, he's got faith in it that it will continue to go up. And now he gets to, you know, now he gets a home, um, where he doesn't have to pay any kind of mortgage, um, doesn't have to pay mortgage or anything along those lines. And even his BTC, he put it into, um, he put it into, I think, Ave to get some kind of return on it as well. So his BTC is growing all, all the meanwhile. Yeah, those, those are some, I mean, that may be an extreme case, but Again, like Benjamin said, people have rent to pay. People have things that they want to do with uh, with the value of their crypto, but they just weren't able to do it. Now we're giving them a very cheap um, and accessible opportunity or way to do that. Yeah, and even in like places where, I mean, a lot of people say there's not a lot of low-income people in crypto because low-income people are yeah. not saving money. Well, this could be a way of 
having saving some money, right? Because uh, in essence, you're spending your money without having to spend it, spend it. Yeah. And so a lot of people could find this like as a solution, right? Like mm -hmm. I'll save in BTC, I'll save in like uh, interest bearing die or something, and then I'll spend my. And so it could be an avenue for people to build up their savings. Okay, and so like practically, your Akilo, your your friend taking out a essentially a mortgage. What were the steps for him to get BTC onto the protocol and to to cash out the the mine? Yeah, yeah, it was it was quite quite simple. So I mean, if you just if you just have you know regular tokens, he, he's on Phantom, so he's very very big on on the Phantom chain. So he had his BTC on Phantom. What yeah, what what he did, he just went ahead, deposited his BTC into into my finance. Then he took out a loan. I think it was maybe around like two hundred. No, it wasn't two hundred. It was like three hundred percent CDR. Took out a loan. Basically, you have a borrow button on my finance. You click the borrow button. You decide how much, how much you want to borrow based off of the value of the BTC that he's got. Took out that, took out that loan. Took it out in my. Then he took that my. He turned it into I think USDT. Uh, sent it over to his Binance account. Binance straight into his bank account, and then there you go. You've got your cash. I mean, are you are you hoping that as the as my is adopted that that step will be skipped, right? Like you won't have to convert yes. from buy to USDT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. Correct. I mean, that's that's the goal. But I mean, I think we're like... We're pretty close. Mm. I mean, we already have a credit card that takes my jewel, really? jewel card. Yeah, on, on Phantom. Is that J-O-O-L? J-U-L. J-U-L card. Yeah, yeah. And so they launched, I think, in January, right, Kila? Hmm. Yeah, they launched, they launched their, uh, their beta in January. I think like their... Their big launch is coming up here pretty pretty quickly. So it's a Visa card. So yeah. I mean, wherever wherever you want to spend mm -hmm. it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, the steps for that: you take your whatever token, you take your interest-bearing Phantom, you throw it in, mm -hmm. you mint some mint some Mai, you send it over to the the account, your credit card account, spend whatever you want, and you're good. You know, there's no um, time horizon that you have to think about for repaying this debt. No, zero interest. Right. So you know, it's up to it's up to you. I mean, do keep an eye on the volatility of the market, and you know, in case in case you're borrow if you're borrowing too much, you know, you could get partially liquidated. Mm -hmm. But but yeah, and if you're staying within a healthy range, it's zero percent interest. So hold it for as long as you want. So you guys, when did you push this product live? We went live on May first of 2020, okay. 2021. So eight nine months, something like that. Yeah. So I mean, this is like a a pretty huge value proposition, like zero interest li uh, lending, right? Like surely that's a, that's like a holy grail. Like why do you think that, I mean, what have you seen in terms of like the adoption rate or the reception from the, the wider community for this product so far? I think it's been pretty positive. I, I think we haven't seen like an insane like like exponential like growth in TVL. I mean, we've had pretty consistent growth in TVL since we mm -hmm. started and that's just because we don't believe in relying on like unreasonable emissions i think what you see with a lot of stable coins today is that they prop up their growth by just minting a bunch of their token 
but that can get complicated, right? Because next bear market, you know, what happens when everybody starts selling your stable coin because mm -hmm. the APR is not uh, crazy, right? And so what we've done is, you know, we've really created a web of allies of friend, uh, friendly projects, right, in different chains that um, will incentivize my, and then in exchange, you know, will give them assets, their assets access to liquidity by adding them as collateral. Yeah. Yeah. So like just on the, on, on that front, like, you know, sort of bird's eye view, like how, how does your business model differentiate itself from or ensure it's sustainable? Like comparing say some of those more established projects you mentioned, Aave and so forth, where do you see the biggest differences in, in the business model? Right. I think we make our bucks when there is volatility, right? Because uh, we make money when people are buying, like repaying their loans because we charge a 0.5% repayment fee. And so when those like adjustments happen, that's when we make money. So you're saying, for instance, when B the price of BTC or ETH drops by 20%, then everyone goes, oh shit, I better pay back my, my, my debt. Or at least a little bit, right? They try to play around with their collateral to debt ratio to make sure that they're not partially liquidated. So yeah, there, there's that part, but then also we do have the vault incentives um, that we have, which now move around from collateral to collateral based off of community vote. And so what we've started to see as well is people moving their collateral from you know, a, a vault that has high incentives this for like these two weeks to another one that will have high incentives for the next two weeks. I think, yeah, when you were saying what the, what the difference are between us and say Ave, again, you have 0% interest, you have the, the vast amount of collaterals that you can borrow against, interest-bearing ones as well, the, uh, the different chains that we're on. Yeah, and also it's like, Ave is a pure lending market, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody's lending you money, you're borrowing that money. Um, we are more akin to MakerDAO because you're printing money, right? Mm -hmm. That's the value of your assets. And so there's no counterpart party. Uh, and also everything's segregated. There's not a pool of tokens that people are borrowing against. Uh, and so if anything happens to like CRV vaults, that's not going to touch at all the Ave vaults, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That's super interesting. And it's so like, like um, collateral to collateral, but also user to user. Like what are the typical um, collateral to debt ratios? I mean, that's... It varies, right? Because we have 40 collaterals, but for, I guess, the big gas tokens like WETH, you know, we require a minimum collateralization of 135 or 130%. But most people hang around the 200 range. That's kind of like what's mostly seen. Yeah. Uh, and also when I did mention the vault incentives, we have a range where you get those vault incentives if you stay within you know, a certain range. And so that's usually where we see most people. So that 250-ish range. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so how, like, how, what's the process for, for the platform adding new um, collateral types? Yeah, it's pretty simple. So Sometimes, you know, we'll show it to the DAO. Sometimes other people will come to the DAO with proposals, but basically it's always going to be a DAO uh, vote. And so we'll vote on adding it as well as what the collateral to debt ratio is. So for example, right now we received a proposal from Celsius and they mm -hmm. want to add some of their wrapped assets like uh, ETH um, as collateral. And so in the proposal, they ask as well as any inducements they're going to give to uh, 
sorry, my dogs are, are barking. Yeah, no worries. Um, yeah, as, as well as any kind of like inducement. So they're going to be providing liquidity for my, or they might be giving different incentives. Uh, one thing I do want to add is that to be added as collateral in our vaults, you do need a chain link oracle. And so that's, that's a requirement there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So Celsius, that would be a pretty, a pretty major partner for you guys, right? I mean, they have pretty a couple, huge. more than a billion. 30 billion. Pretty huge. Uh, they are looking to kind of move a lot of their users into DeFi because mm. that's where you really see the yield uh, being generated. And so we're partnering with them initially in Polygon, but it looks to be like there's going to be a pretty cross-chain partnership with them. I mean, it's huge for us. That's like 60 million bucks going into our TVL, and that's just on Polygon. Right, I think as a lot of these CFI companies start to get more users, they're going to need to move into DeFi, like the real blockchain stuff, right? And I mean, like, have there been any major stress tests for the protocol so far? A bunch. I mean, Black Swan in in uh, May, there was like a huge crash in September mm-hmm. last week. Uh, Ethereum wanted to half and keep halving, so uh, <laughs> but our peg is fine i mean it didn't move at all and liquidations worked like they were supposed to work and that's kind of why we use chain link oracles right when things turn dark i think you know things need to still keep running and they have yeah i mean have you seen any kind of i mean what have been the most have you had any issues in terms of liquidations or functionality no no i mean functionality everything has been good in terms of liquidations we we need to have liquidations and we need to have liquidators to make sure that you know my always sorry oh yeah making sure they make money right well yeah making sure that they make money and making sure that my is always over collateralized and so yeah we've, we haven't had any issues with uh, liquidations or functionality mm. yeah i mean like do you guys have a threshold for like a collateral type like how liquid does it need to be because i mean that would be problematic right if you had some yeah. liquid coin that <laughs> was affecting all this mine yeah we do have a bunch of like different levers that we need to check um liquidity is very important i mean to get a chain link oracle you have to have two to four million dollars of power volume but that's just aggregate so on top of that we look at every chain that that collateral is on and mm-hmm. we make sure that if today um, all of those vaults were to be liquidated can they be liquidated at a slippage that is lower than the amount of than the percentage of money that the liquidators would get right mm-hmm. if you're making 10% on the liquidation but the slippage is 12% you're going to lose money and so that's another thing that we look at interesting so i just i just had another um, question with regards to like the so my okay my is solely on polygon is that correct no, no. So you can uh, mint my on Avalanche, Polygon, Phantom, right. Harmony, and Moonriver, but then you can bridge it to 17 chains. Okay, wow. So, yeah, I mean, I guess my question there was going to be, you know, for instance, can you have your collateral on one chain, but then mint your my on another chain? Not yet. We're, not uh, yet. Not okay. yet. Jumping the gun, but that's an ambition. Correct. I mean, I suppose that's probably quite a challenging thing to take on, right? Like, for several reasons, like, technically speaking. I mean, yeah, for liquidations, right? You're going to liquidate on one and then get the collateral token on another. Hmm. Uh, it depends on what blockchains you're on. I don't want to give more alpha than that, but uh, it's just uh, there's a lot you can play around with. I mean, so, like, what right now, um, what's the sort of 
break down across chains in terms of like where's the bulk of your liquidity coming from? Yeah, so I think right now we have the most of it on Phantom. We have ICBO on Phantom followed by Polygon. And wow, then, so the bulk's on Phantom, not Polygon. Well, Phantom has been a very nice ally and like they've helped us a lot to scale. And so naturally, you know, we've grown a lot there. But then most of our liquidity is still on Polygon, um, like where the Mai actually sits. So what mm-hmm. people do is they'll borrow on one chain, uh, Mai, and then they'll take it across the different chains to find the best yield. Because we have a, a bunch of farms. Like we have over 30 farms and like 25 of them are not like our farms. They're like other people that are incentivizing Mai. So it's kind of nice to go around the different chains and find pretty high APR. Like it's a huge value proposition. I'm just wondering, like, what do you think is going to be the pathway to, like, do you see that eventually when enough people realize that they can borrow at 0% interest on pretty much any L2 they want, how do you see yourselves getting there? And will you be in the process, will you be taking liquidity away from your Aves and whatnot? We're definitely not going to take liquidity from Aave, but I'll, I'll let Alekula touch up on that. Yeah, in terms of like taking liquidity away from Ave, no, we won't because we like to. I mean, we like to kind of play these pieces of the of the Lego money Lego. So we take a lot of Ave receipt tokens as as collateral for you to be able to mint against. So people, if they're smart, they will throw their money into Ave, earn some interest on it, for example, and then use that receipt token to uh, to borrow stable coins against that zero percent interest. So we're not really taking any. Uh, liquidity away from uh, from Ave. In in terms of what? Sorry, what was the second question? Or like the? Um, I guess just around like what's the what's the pathway to to getting uh, there to getting more people using the protocol? Right. I I think a big piece of that is just having deeper liquidity. For yeah. us, we haven't really seen a lack of demand for borrowing. We've like our debt ceilings are hit consistently, um, but we want to make sure that our peg is solid and strong and we do not destroy it and so we keep Mm -hmm. like we have these debt ceilings to prevent that and so as we start to get deeper and deeper liquidity we'll be able to increase those debt ceilings at a faster rate which then we'll start seeing more and more people um borrowing my against uh against Mm. presumably you know part of the picture is is just longevity right like i feel like the longer you guys can prove that your engine works and everything and the more prevalent my is on different venues and stuff, then people are going to have more confidence, right? Yeah, giving people confidence, um, mm-hmm. building building strong allies. Yeah, that's that's a huge piece of it. So, I mean, for example, just the Celsius piece. Now, if people are seeing that Celsius uses uses my to mint or uses you know cheat out to mint uh, stable coins, I think that will go a long way in giving people confidence. Where like, oh, well, if Celsius, a, a large large CFI company, is doing it. Yeah, they got to be doing something right. And they're not the they're not going to be the last CFI company we integrate with. I mean, just on Q1 this year, we have two more coming. So I think Ooh. that's going to be a big one. Uh, we can't say yet who, uh, because like the terms are still being finalized. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's going to be pretty big for us because you see a lot of other CDPs like I look at MakerDAO, like most of their vaults are like, I mean, most of the TVL is like four or five vaults and they're like large CFI companies. So that's a, a big part of how they increase. We also do have a lot of like a grassroots movement going across the different chains. 
Like if you go to any chain, chances are that we've partnered with at least the top three uh, projects. I think that's going to be very good for longevity because you kind of diversify in your partnerships instead of having right. it so centralized. I mean, another big trend you see in CDPs, uh, stable coins, is that you'll have, I don't know, two, three billionaires, right, that get together and they dump in a lot of TVL. And that's how mm-hmm. they are able to grow, right? That's kind of dangerous because then you get into a lot of politi- political games um, to try to, you know, make more friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just have a bunch of projects behind us. And I think that's stronger. Yeah, I mean, I was just thinking, as you said that, I was just thinking, maybe not billionaires per se, but was it the other week with Mim when like Alameda had like five hundred million or something in the in the in the pool on Curve and just like just pulled, everyone was like, oh my god, they just pulled out like. <laughs> I mean, you know. it goes to show. I mean, are you building uh, a truly decentralized system, hmm. or is it just a bunch of rich people getting together? You know. Yeah, it's it's hard to maintain that the ideology isn't it like and i guess like to your point you know diversification in in terms of who you're working with is pretty important yeah i mean it's a it's a super cool proposition right like i mean for us at stakedow you know like i mean it's early days right but having your your stable coins locked in our protocol earning interest and then borrowing against that uh, i mean it's pretty nice (laughs) it's it's pretty nice so, like, presumably with, like, Celsius, for example, would it be the, a similar architecture? With Celsius, it's a bit different because with them, they actually control, like, all their TVO. Like, so their 32 bill, mm. that's asset under management. Not Man, that is insane. Eh? Like, so that literally they could just plop, put it in there. Um, yeah. It's just a bit different for us. Uh, I think a big... Right, so they're controlling the user, user funds, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, what returns they get, you know, what they do with the is different, right? We mm-hmm. couldn't go up to, like, um, I don't know, like a balancer and give them, like, a $30 million debt ceiling, right? Because then they'll just print $30 million my and then dump it all because it's a bunch of users. But mm-hmm. if you go up to, like, a like a specific partner and then say, you know, okay, what are you going to do with my? Okay, you're going to provide liquidity? Cool. Um, I mean, with Frax, we did that last week where they put in $4 million FXS, into our vaults they minted two million my uh mm-hmm. put that together with frax and now polygon is going to incentivize that pool um and so we get a little more flexibility when they are actually controlling the assets that's probably one of the biggest challenges for you guys is is kind of monitoring or balancing the actual distribution of my right right it's all a liquidity game you know like mm-hmm. are, are you do you have enough sinks to sustain people buying and selling my if you do, mm-hmm. it can keep increasing the, um, like the debt ceilings. Otherwise, I mean, like if you end up having like a bunch of stables that are all incentivized by you, that's not going to last long term unless you're making enough money. I mean, I don't know if you noticed what happened with UST uh, a couple of weeks ago when Luna started lowering in price, right? And so then people are like, okay, maybe I should take my money out of Anchor, right? Mm-hmm. But as you know, if enough people take it out, I think it was like 4%. If like 4% of people take out their money from Anchor, USD's uh, peg just, it gets destroyed. Um, And so that paints a a new picture, right? Um, How can you maintain this long-term without you being the one incentivizing it? Yeah, and like, how do you you see that scaling for you guys? Partnerships. Partnerships. I mean, you have 100 people incentivizing... 2% of, of my supply, 
mm-hmm. right? That's way better than three mm-hmm. people doing it. Correct. I mean, also what we'll probably start seeing like going in the future, I don't know if you, you were um, following the, the phantom. So like solidity wars um, where a yeah. bunch of projects were trying to get TVLs, things along those lines. I mean, mm-hmm. we'll probably start seeing that on more and more chains. And I mean, for us, if we can, you know, if we can have other people subsidizing, you know, liquidity as like right now, that's uh, that's where we're going to be able to kind of keep this thing going long term. Mm. But it's a back and forth, right? Like, look at Celsius. Like, they're not going to start a huge MyOP because they love starting LPs, right? It's because mm-hmm. we're taking their tokens as collateral, right? Pangolin, for example, they're opening up a farm um, for my in Avalanche because we're taking a lot of their assets um, into like a lending market that we started uh, with Market XYZ. So, you know, you have to just play the game of, you know, scoring different partnerships. Mm. Yeah, on that on that front, like, what are you guys mostly focused on day to day, like personally? Uh, we have a pretty wide range of things that we do. I mean, Kila, what, what, what do we focus on? I, I mean, a, a big piece, like a big piece is, is those partnerships. We try and, you know, we try and solidify those, solidify those relationships, spark up new, you know, new partnerships there, figure out different strategies that we can, that we can use with those, with those partners. I mean, we also, uh, we'll also do marketing, we'll do uh, testing, oh, <laughs> you know, HR, it's, it's a small team. So we, we wear a bunch of different hats, but the, the big pieces for us is, is like, how can we, you know, how can we deepen that liquidity? How can we get, you know, more TVL and then also mm-hmm. more, more revenue. For yeah. the pro- also a lot of reading. We spend a, a pretty, pretty good percentage of our time just seeing what's up, like what, what are people building, what are they not building, like analyzing the numbers, like where's the liquidity moving across the chains, why it's moving. Mm-hmm. That's very important. I mean, that's kind of like most of the time. Yeah. And so how many of there are you at, at the Dow? Ooh, I mean, at the Dow, like we have so many contributors. Like I think we have at least 20 uh, mm-hmm. contributors people mm-hmm. that are like they do different things like maybe they write articles maybe they manage the discord stuff like that full timers we're up to seven now kila right it's eight actually eight recently yeah. had one more yeah and you guys were one of the early ones i'm guessing yeah we're one of the early ones yeah what are you guys thinking are going to be some of as as a like as a multi-chain project with cross-chain functionality or amb- ambitions what 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 are gonna what are some of the challenges there i mean naturally like one challenge is making sure that there's very low amount of friction between mm. the different chains right mm-hmm. like we don't want to silo any of our deployments and so i mean ec is going to be of course like the like the bridging but i think long term we need to come up with some more advanced like cross-chain messaging systems so things like boosting, things like uh, like rewards, like booster rewards as well, like voting, all that stuff is going to be very important. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we've done a little bit of that already. Like you can vote from Phantom and Polygon, but there's a lot of room uh, to improve. Yes, for sure. I I, um, I guess I, I kind of just had another more like philosophical question. Like, do you think that there are any risks to zero interest lending in terms of like do you think that it could be more conducive to creating a, a sort of derivatives bubble mm, of having too much my yeah yeah and that i mean there's like 
any stable coin, their biggest liability is the stable coin, like for CDPs. Mm -hmm. But I think where we differ is that we haven't gone crazy with a money printer. Like we have only allowed there to be so much MAI that we can sustain long, like for a long period of time. Most MAI today is housed by, you know, LPs that are incentivized by our partners, not by us. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's something that we need to watch uh, to make sure that it, it can, like if the market were to tank tomorrow, if there was a black swan event tomorrow, mm -hmm. you know, that's everything still work. Um, that's like a big thing. Right, right. Yeah, it makes sense. So like, you know, in, you mentioned earlier, I mean, about maybe a few kind of alphas there, but like what are some big things that you guys are excited about coming up? Uh, I mean, what do you think, Kila? I mean, new collaterals all the time, new chains. Mm -hmm. We're launch launching on Gnosis today, Gnosis chain, adding the state DAO uh, vault today as well on Avalanche. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, again, yeah, new collaterals, new chains. Uh, that's that's cool. I think we're also going to start to look at more automations and different uh, different cool strategies that you'll be able to do. Like, just for example, in the future, if you could... Uh, you could borrow, and then the the rewards that you're earning can automatically repay your debt. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, you know things along those lines. I think is is pretty cool. Making it a big thing for us is also trying to make it more user friendly. Because uh, right now, a lot of times, our our a lot of energy is spent on educating people like how to use it and uh, all that good, like all that good stuff. And so, making things a little bit easier is is great. Um, I would be great partnerships that are coming up. That's, that's got me jazzed. Like everything we've done up to now pales in comparison yeah. to the two, three, four partnerships that are coming up. Really? But we're talking about easily doubling the size of Cheetah in the next wow. months. And so I'm pretty, pr pretty pumped about that. <laughs> next big, big things. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Like thinking about, you know, the, integration of like CFI into into DeFi, you know, like do you guys see that projects like yourselves are kind of like cannibalizing CFI to some degree? I think we're doing something different. I think that we're really gonna be the gateway to a lot of these CFI companies to mm. give more offerings without, you know, like having to do it themselves. I think there's a lot of different reasons why a CFI company wouldn't want to have a stable coin, wouldn't want to have lending themselves, right? But connecting their users to something like that is crucial. Like, if you think long-term, these DeFi companies are going to be the next banks, right? We're going to have their, like, life savings, or the people are going to pay their friends, you know, do what they do. And there's no bank if there's no lending. Mm. And so connecting to DeFi applications that can do that is going to be very important. And I think you're going to see that, like, normies are never going to have ledgers. They're never going to go to MetaMask. They're never going to do this whole like yield farming game. Like they're going to mm -hmm. go through an application that's easy to use and right. that's custodial. Like I, th I think that's the future or maybe semi-custodial. And so, yeah, I think we're going to play a big role in that. Mm. Yeah, it is kind of, it is interesting just to see, although how like wallet technology has, you know, evolved and there's still like, I feel like the the sort of legacy issue is still so prevalent hey like how do you you know when when someone dies where does their where do their funds go how, how do you manage counterparty risk blah 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 like i feel like 
as like a you know young guy in in, in DeFi or crypto or whatever you know it's it's easy to take that for granted eh? like not everyone wants to like have a ledger with distributed backups and no forget about it like <laughs> people like about like bank uh, applications today yeah. and they're telling me you're gonna tell them to use the ledger exactly no it's, yeah it's, yeah I mean Kila and I. <laughs> Maybe do a little too many of these tutorial sessions when we onboard people. Uh, I mean, I love Ethereum, but I'm not touching Ethereum. And I'm never telling anyone to go to Ethereum because it's too expensive, right. man. Like if they were like, oh, I'm going to put a hundred bucks to just try it out. I'm like, mm -hmm. fine, okay, that's like one transaction. You know, yeah. like I mean, maybe not one transaction, but like maybe a handful. Which is also one of the beautiful things about all of these, like all of these side chains or L2s is that you can really test out DeFi without having to spend a shit ton of money. Like it's it's the first time where you're really able to, you know, throw in, like he said, a hundred bucks and be able to test fucking everything out. Like you can test out almost every single on, on Polygon. You can test out every fucking dApp. You'll never spend a hundred dollars on Polygon. With a hundred bucks. That's that's how you learn. I mean Ethereum was so so difficult to get people to learn because they couldn't do it without having to spend, you know, a ton of money. Like now now it's a little bit a little bit easier you still have to get them you know on to polygon and then there's the bridging where do i withdraw to like yeah, exactly. what do i withdraw with i mean coinbase has been so slow um mm -hmm. and like finance too right like and they can only withdraw to some places and mm -hmm. you have to explain to them why they need to buy avax right in order to withdraw it's a lot uh yeah i mean i like the other day it was i have this like an erc20 token that i like delegated years ago and kind of forgot about it you know and like i was checking and it was like i think i generated like there's like 500 bucks mm. you know to claim and then the gas fee would be like 450 bucks and it's like oh. yeah yeah classic classic yeah, I have yeah. a lot of money stuck on ethereum don't you worry <laughs> yeah yeah it's funny eh? like i think this so we've got so far to go in terms of like bridging yeah between chains but also like it just it blows my mind how like many centralized exchanges um are still like super late like super slow to to kind of to innovate there like you know for example like binance which is you know one of the the incumbents you know like they don't have stable coins on polygon for instance like it, it's just completely insane like they're not innovating at all like they're mm. making a game where people can trade tokens like it's not even crypto like think about it it's literally just an online bank right right without actually having cash without actually having crypto so yeah, you yeah. yourself what are they spending their time doing right like at least connect to crypto at least let your people yeah. like, get in there but i think the i mean if i'm binance it's uh, also an issue right yeah you they want to keep the liquidity on the platform exactly right i mean if you connect yeah. to a cheap like platform everyone's gonna go because why mm. would you let binance and crypto.com which very often get hacked why would you let them hold your crypto when you can just go to real crypto? Yeah, it's a it's a classic kind of case of the incumbent not wanting to innovate, eh? like you know your your PayPal's or or whatever, right? Or your bank your Bank of Americas or what have you, you know? Yeah, I see, I see um, you're gonna see a DeFi company come yeah. and connect people to DeFi in a way that's mm. possible, and that DeFi company is going to take over. They're gonna crush, yeah. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of like the Bank of America's pushing back. And oh, yeah. And like the government. 
yeah, yeah. Okay. It's not going to be an American company. I'll tell you that. It's not going to be a Chinese company. It's not going to mm. be a, a European company. It's going to be a company where like the government like is trying to make a change. A small, a small state nation, nation state. Like, uh, yeah. what are you thinking? The Bahamas or something like that. Something like that. Mm. Cool guys. Well, um, you know, it's been it's been a lot of fun talking to you today. I think, yeah, like the the idea of zero interest crypto lending is is such a cool one. And I'm like, I actually haven't tried out um, the protocol yet, but I, I definitely will be doing so. Wow. I mean, oh, okay. were you selling your crypto before off ramping, or what's that? What what like? Do you just sell your crypto before off ramping, or? Yeah, yeah. Trader. Trader. No, no, no. How about, yeah, yeah. How about you? Don't well, no, no, no. Just just stables, just stables. Uh, just but even stables, what you can do is you can put them in stake DAO, right? Mm-hmm. Into the three curve strategy, borrow against it at zero percent interest in my finance, and off ramp that. What? Crazy. Crazy. And we're about to vote to lower the collateral to debt ratio to 110% for stake DAO because that's okay. necessary. I mean, it makes sense because it's a stable coin. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I stake DAO, so it's pretty low risk. Yeah. Yeah. Permissionless is the way to go. Like. So bullish, bullish key DAO. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, thank, thanks a lot for coming on today, guys. Yeah. I, I definitely will try out the product. And I feel bad that I, I haven't yet, but there's just, yeah, I mean, you know what it's like, there's so much going on and oh, yeah. you don't necessarily get a chance to try out everything you're working on, but thanks. Thanks so much for coming on. And um, yeah, look forward to trying it out. Perfect. Awesome, man. Thanks for your time.